Welcome to the Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And I'm Carl Quinn. Think about Billy Joel that I've been thinking about the last oh, couple no, of weeks. Oh, no, not more Billy Joel. He's got such a chip on his shoulder. Oh, so have you about yeah, Billy Joel. I know, I know. Can it's we leave Billy Joel mental. alone? I'll try. I'm going to try. He's just the piano I'm man, I'm going to try man. and not talk about how petulant and, and aggro he is about everything. <laughs> like, how much money does he need? Anyway, I'm gonna. We're not going to talk about Billy Joel, so don't worry. Oh, thank God. Whew. I'm going to do my best to not talk about Billy Joel. But we are going to talk one. about yes, Patrick Melrose. Sure, man. Yeah, the shampoo uh, conditioner. <laughs> not even. Let's talk not about even. it. Smooth and silky. We're going to talk about. Lustrous. We're going to talk about the wife. Okay, that's a film. It, mm-hmm. it, it is, is film? that. It no, is a film. Yeah. film. Patrick okay. Melrose is okay. a TV series and a series of novels, mm. and uh, the wife is a film. Yeah. And okay. uh, what are you bringing to the table? Well, what am I bringing to the table apart from good humour, charm, wit, sparkling, effervescent personality? Not much, man. I haven't got much at all. You know, you know how I love Dick, right? Oh dear lord! You do, yes, you do. I love the man. <laughs> also, I am a dick. I've also read that on the toilet. Toss. I am a dick man, and I, I do have twenty-three of his novels on my shelves. And others that have been, you know, liberated by various family members that I've yet to see returned. But there's another author that it turns out I have a lot of books by. Too. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Do you want to guess? Uh, guess. Elmore? Elmore Leonard. Elmore Leonard. There's nothing saucy or facetious you can make about the name Elmore Leonard. <laughs> you can't say, I'm a Leonard man. And everybody go, ooh. You can't, there's nothing to say. But anyway, he writes the best sentences uh, up until recently, the best living author of sentences, Elmore Leonard. I love his dialogue. I love how he gets right into it. He's a marvellous descriptor of, of the strange dark goings on of Detroit, of Florida, of Hollywood. You know, I have here, yeah. sitting here on the table yeah, okay. in the Clappers studio. A, a red purse. Perchance. A, a red, red purse. A red, a red band bag. No, it's in fact my Kindle, thank you very much. Looks like a with purse, a, man. Call it what you like. It's a purse. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy things with on it. On which yeah. yep. are many, many El- Elmore Leonard okay. novels. Yeah. Really? You're a fan too? Yes. Um, oh, I've never spoke about this. Yeah. Which we, we, we save all, the, all our moments for, for the microphone. <laughs> which, which ones are on your Kindle? Oh, dear. Uh, 52 Pickup is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead Babies is on there. Yep. Pagan uh, Babies. Uh, Pagan Babies, Pagan sorry. Babies. Um, That's God. a good one. Pagan yeah, Babies. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Do you have on. any of the Westerns on there? No, none the of the Westerns. No. I'm not a Western reader. I, I've never read Riders of the Purple Sage by Zane Grey, for example. But I, I suppose I'd, I'd read all the Elmer Leonard's that there were, and then there were all these ones that I never read that were Westerns. So, oh, really? And they're great. Sometimes I think they're even better than the crime ones. Uh, Last Stand at Sabre River, um, Ombre. Uh, what what other ones are they? Um, oh, there's there's just heaps of them and that have all just fled my mind. The Lord Randado, Last Down at Sabre River, Ombre, and heaps of others. That was what he first started doing. He first started doing westerns and then he moved on to crime. And a m- very successful author, envied and loved by authors all over. They've made many, many films. Valdez is coming. It was a film where Bert Lancaster played said Valdez with his uh, fake tan and his, his fake accent. Not so Not such a good one. There's been some good ones and some not so good ones. The Out of Sight, the Soderbergh one, is, is a pretty good one of, of him, I reckon. Uh, Get Shorty and Be Cool, not so good. I, I didn't mind it, but I hadn't read the book. 
at the time. I just knew it. I think I maybe had never even read an Elmore Leonard novel mm. when when I I saw that film, and it was it was okay. It was enjoyable. Once you read his work, it's a pretty it's a pretty big ask. Now that the TV series that came off just a couple of stories of the Raylan Givens. Uh, stories justified is a, is an excellent example of taking some of his work and expanding it into into a massive kind of family of characters and stories. Went I don't know five seasons or something. I don't know. I never saw oh, Justified. Okay. I missed, Very I missed good. It. If yeah. you're if you're in, if you enjoy Elmore Leonard's work, then you will absolutely enjoy Justified. Yeah. The acting's are great. The writing's great, and it takes his it's his character is like a minor character in his whole, you know. Uh, pantheon of, of characters and, and expands into this whole thing and it inspired him the last thing he wrote was a, a book of Raylan Given stories right. so it's interesting how that, that influences itself this is all just a big long wind up to talk about Get Shorty the TV series yeah. which is on Stan so who who is uh, Chili Palmer in this? There's no Chili Palmer what? it's weird man there's nobody called Chili Palmer it's it's it, it has two actors Known to, to probably viewers of, of, of television and, and Australian film, one's Chris O'Dowd, uh, the Irishman, yeah, and one is uh, some other guy who's familiar, but I can't remember his name. Um, they're really good. Oh, the guy who plays Raymond. Everyone loves Raymond. What's oh, that guy uh, Ray, um, Ray Montana. Uh, Ray Raymond. Anyway, what's his name? Um, Ray Lamado. Uh, M- <laughs> M- 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 Ray Mercado. Ray Mercado has Ray Ray Romano. Ray has, Romano. That's I was him. just fooling with you, everybody. <laughs> before anyone has to reach for their uh, personal communicator, yeah. Ray Romano plays a, a, a loser film producer, just absolutely an embarrassment of a film producer who can't get anything right or done. And Chris O'Dowd plays a hitman, henchman slash hit, not really hitman, more a henchman for a operator of of sort of an illegal casino and there are times where they have to move money around and clean it up and he gets this great idea that a really clever way is to invest in a hollywood you know a bit like was it 10ba you know they they investing all this dirty money into into clean films and bringing it out the other side and it's Again, it's in style and theme. It's got a, the mix of humour and violence is very familiar to, to readers of Elmer Leonard's stuff. But we've yet to really get anywhere that would be familiar to people who've watched the film Get Shorty or the or the read the book Get Shorty. But it's um it's good. It's really stimulating. I've only watched a couple because the Tour de France intervened and, and nothing is happening while the Tour de France is on. Uh, but I I'm very happy to see yet again an adaptation of a writer's work that feels that it has the freedom to sort of take up the spirit of the work but to go in different places mm. in terms of characters and plot. Have a look at Get Shorty. If if You should have a look because you've got his work on your Kindle. I will. You, you should. I mean, if you do any watching of television for pleasure at all, I don't know. If I'm not if, allowed. If it's I'm not allowed. I simply don't have time in my schedule <laughs> to watch TV for pleasure. If you get home from work and what, what you, you don't turn on the television, you know, what, what do it, you do when you uh, get home? <laughs> Most people turn on the television. Do you get, get behind the I drum wrestle, kit I try to wrestle the ki- I try to wrestle the kids off the couch so I can get the t- TV. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, can I tell you, I've watched way more Vampire Diaries than I think a grown oh. A man of my age has any right to have seen. So not professionally. This is <laughs> this, this is, is for your own 
no, private pleasure. It's neither professionally <laughs> nor for my pleasure. It's uh, under duress, I think, okay. is probably right. the best way to put it. Yeah, well, uh, although, I don't know. You know, my, um, Couldn't my, they go on a camp or my something? My elder daughter kids? is watching um, How I Met Your Mother, so she's doing a deep dive into mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. that has some Never ple- watched it. It has some Never pleasure. Never interested. There's a Scientologist in that show, so forget <laughs> it, man. Uh, seriously. Though, I, to be fair, I did watch all of Mad Men, and that has a Scientologist in it as well. Yeah. All right. So get shorty. Ahmad, I want you to make a collection in LA. If the guy doesn't pay, close the account. I'm such an idiot. Trying to finance a movie playing blackjack. What's that? A movie. Do me a favor and scoot over that way. Why? Well, cleaning your brains off that bookcase is going to be a hassle. You got paper towels? That's a real question. On the podcast app, you're using to listen you'll find show notes that will provide you with links to all this great stuff that we've been talking about that has made your minds percolate and get febrile and excited with new opportunities new things to listen to watch and enjoy so andrew talk to me carl yeah i'm going to talk to you about well similar to get shorty in, mm. in the sense that it's a tv series yeah that is based on books yeah uh, this is Patrick Melrose. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, based on the books of Interested in Edward St. Auburn. Yeah. There are five books mm-hmm. in the what what are known as the Patrick Melrose novels. So when, I don't think they were initially published as Patrick Melrose novels. That's sort of uh, an after-the-fact mm-hmm. uh, denomination. And it, it based on the fact that the central character is Patrick Melrose. Yeah. And Patrick Melrose is a somewhat but but... I, I, look, I couldn't say to what degree, but a fictionalised uh, version of Edward St. Alban. Oh, okay. These are these are uh, essentially Cliff. their memoirs. And, yeah, right. Uh, okay. They are at times hilarious, mm-hmm. at times, well, many times harrowing. Augustine Burroughs style harrowing. They are they're hard going yeah. in places, but beautifully written. Yeah, and uh, there's a kind of you know, real truth about mm-hmm. the way he renders characters and and his own character or the the Patrick Melrose character in in the books that is unflinching. Mm. It's you know warts and all. Yeah, yeah. To yep. the to the power of Zed. Yeah. Anyway, so the t- the TV series. I think you know uh, by contrast with what you're just saying about the Elmer Le- Elmore Leonard and uh, get shorty how that flies off into its own uh, realm. I kind of think. The Patrick Melrose TV series is pretty damn faithful. Yeah, it right. Hoves pretty closely to mm-hmm. the material that St. Alban has has given us, with one major exception, which is that the order of the first two books is reversed in the TV series, okay. and there's a really, really sane reason for that. The series is built around uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as mm-hmm. Patrick, and uh, in the in what would be the f- what is basically the first novel. The first novel takes place in the 1960s when Patrick is eight years old. Yeah. Hence, there's not a lot of space for yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. to be the star of the show in, uh, in what is effectively flipped and it becomes that becomes a second episode. Uh-huh. So it opens with book two. Yep. Episode one is book two and it's the adult Patrick in his uh, mid-30s flying to New York to... Uh, View the the corpse of his father, mm-hmm. played by Hugo Weaving, mm-hmm. and uh, and basically score drugs. Mm-hmm. So for the entire hour, he's basically running around, getting drunk, 
popping quaaludes, mm-hmm. shooting up or trying to shoot up, scoring. There's some horrendous drug scenes in this that inevitably sort of rem- uh, reminiscent of train spotting uh, a scene in which he's shooting up in a toilet and drops a syringe in the toilet <laughs> as you do. It's but keeps going. Had he used, the, had he used the toilet previously to evacuate his bowels and I, to get to no, flush? He, no, it wasn't no. quite that so not, bad. Not, not so bad. But somebody else may have. Someone may have. There's no light in the do. toilet, so he can't really see what state the toilet is in. I was just going to say, it's harrowing. It's mm-hmm. horrible. But you're enjoying it. I, I've watched the whole thing. Yeah. And I think it is sensational. What is the whole? How much is the whole? Five episodes. Five episodes. Five episodes, episodes per yeah. book. Is that enough? Would you, did you think? No, I think it's good. It's I think good? it's good. Yeah, because okay. they're short. They're short books. Okay. And All right. they're intense and yep. they tend to uh, evolve around uh, or revolve around, I should say, a single kind of key moment. So mm-hmm. that first one is about the trip to New York and mm-hmm. the collecting or viewing of the father, the father's corpse. The father is called David. And, uh, and then the return with, with his ashes. Mm-hmm. So book one, episode two is around a holiday or a, a summer retreat in the south of France at the family's chateau. And uh, there's a there's a dinner party and house guests and there's uh, like a, key, a couple of key moments that are, are, are in that. But it's really, it's tight. You know, mm. every, mm. every one of these books has a kind of a tight core of uh, this is the moment and these are the things that unfold over this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the third book is uh, a, a party at a, at a, a mansion in, in the English countryside where Princess Margaret is a guest of honour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's kind of, you know, they're, they're all kind of nuggety little stories little moments in which you get a sort of a distillation of what's going on in patrick's life at that moment and it's in various stages of like collapse or recovery and uh and you get a you know you get ups and downs over the the cycle of five are there more to come more books to come i think no more books okay i think that it's good to have an ending Mm. you know patrick o'brien died writing his 21st 21st volume of that great magnum opus and so there's only sort of half a book there so you know having it having something finished for the reader it's very inconvenient when writers die it is work it of course the world waits with bated breath will george rr martin stave off heart collapse long enough to finish stave off sloth (laughs) and Ennui to finish his <laughs> so, great work. Well, you know, St. Auburn, <laughs> who clearly has had his issues with, with substance abuse and mm-hmm. perhaps, you know, inevitably the uh, attendant health issues that might follow, had the wisdom to keep his book short. Mm. So, yes, yes, know. yes. There was good. always a chance. And, and not too much historical research because it's contemporary Indeed. with his life. Indeed. Fantastic. Indeed. And yeah. when, what, what, where, where can people watch this? Well, uh, you know, it's... On your computer? On my computer. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's another one that's in the realm of the, you know, hand over your credit card details. Okay, so if it's you a Fox this. one, is it? It is. A Fox it is one. On you, will, you ever, will you ever come to us with something that isn't on the Fox? Yeah, is I there can something tell you, going I can on tell you about. Here? I can about the odd thing the that's Fox. on free to air, good, please do. I can tell you about the odd thing that's on Stan. I can yeah. tell you about the odd thing that's Stan on Stan is not free to air. It is people. not free. It is ten dollars or twelve if you want to operate it over three devices in your house, but you have to have really good internet, really good, you know, fiber or, or fiber thin walls. to the home, thin walls, not hybrid fiber to the no <laughs> hybrid fiber forsooth. Do they think we are idiots? Hybrid fiber. What oh, sounds future? Hybrid fiber. Copper. My God. 
So that sounds good. It is very good. And although it's Benedict Cumberbatch's show, and it really is his show, it's a fantastic performance. Yeah. Uh, Hugo Weaving is terrific. Not upstaged. And villainous as mm, the Father good. David. Good, 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 just, good. Just a little, it just read you this tiny little okay. fragment from, uh, sure, man. from the first novel. From your red purse. This is, this is, uh, this is an insight into, into David Melrose's mind. When Patrick was born, David had been worried that he might become a refuge or an inspiration to Eleanor. Eleanor is his wife. And he had jealously set about ensuring that this did not happen. Even more important to David than the very natural worry that his wife and his son might grow fond of one another was the intoxicating feeling that he had a blank consciousness to work with, and it gave him great pleasure to kneeled, to knead this yielding clay with his artistic thumbs. He's a Not very nice man. horribly manipulative, no, no, no. manipulative and emotionally stilted character. And Hugo Weaving, who I've got to say in real life... Oh, here we go. Here we go. I've heard. Here we go. I've heard. My God. Everybody who's worked with him talks about what a delight. Did you have some uh, some lobster or some kind of tuna ceviche or how do you say that? Servici, service, what is that? Ceviche. Ceviche. Did you have some of that with him? No. Some lavender water, perhaps. No. Little dusting of salmon foam or a sprinkle of gold. No, didn't have any of that. Really. No, what did you I have? Fish and steak. But yeah, it's, going, it's going back a while now. Okay. It's going back a while. Anyway, he is a, <laughs> he is a really pleasant human being. Mm. Do we really need to be telling people that famous actors are pleasant human beings? Well, they're not all. No, they're not. They're but why not don't we just all. take? Why don't we just presume that they're all not pleasant human beings and leave it at that? <laughs> why don't we just presume that they are exactly how we think they are? And how do you think Hugo Weaving is? Just like all the rest of them, mate. All the rest of them. They're all the same. <laughs> Needy, whiny, carping, caviling, dependent, attention-seeking, spotlight-hounding mummy's boys. The opinions expressed by Andrew Young are not necessarily those expressed by the clappers. <laughs> Written authorised by Carl Chris and the circuits from Cameron. Went to the movies. No way. I did. And As I a saying customer? I'm pa- I, I, always a paying customer, mate. What's it like? It's if 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 it's the right movie and it's the right price and you have the cinema to yourself, then it's great. Mm. I saw a sequel. Some think that sequels are inevitably going to be worse than the film that preceded it. I've been hearing, for instance, that um, go on, Ant Man and Wasp Lady is not not the film that the first Ant-Man was and is, 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 is very a very poor uh, rendering of what was an enjoyable and sprightly film. I think that's harsh. And I, no, 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 no. I've no, heard... No, this is... I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, I've heard this. I, I've heard look, this. I haven't heard this. Haven't you? And I'm, I'm going to jump to a conclusion. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Which is it's the, the misogynistic fanboys again. Right? Uh, the fanboys don't like it when okay, the just, girls just wait get a, a second, Wait a second. The reviews that I read, and I, and I, it's bizarre because I, I, I was intending to go and see this film, and I, mm. so I, I avoid reading reviews of any mm. film that I actually want to go and see. You know, maybe. So hang on, which film are we talking? We're still talking we're about Ant Man. You were thinking to see it. Yeah, I was. I was thinking to go and see it. It looked fun. It is fun, and I liked Ant Man. Ant Man was really fun. It was really fun and and ridiculous. And 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 all the things that I say about actors that you can make fun of, you can see in at least one of the actors in that film, and that gives me tremendous pleasure. I think you know the one I'm talking about. I don't actually. And so many you could be talking about. I don't know which one. 
Anyway, the, the reviews were, were from, from not fanboys. They were actual reviews in, in newspapers by right. cinema reviews, and they weren't talking about it from that, that point of view at all. They were talking about it from just the fact that the, the script didn't pop and the relationships and the, and the setups and the scenarios weren't as, as either exciting or as plausible or as enjoyable. The repartee didn't sting the way it did in the previous one. But by all means, call no, it misogynist. I'm just, just, just going to... Sure. Well, you know what I do... Well, I would also question yep. some of the reviewers because there is a, there is a tendency mm-hmm. amongst many to ape those views. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that aside for yep. a moment. I'm just going to pull you up on the word plausible. Yes. Okay, just plausible. That's plausible. All. Well, you're saying I don't know that, that plausibility it's not plausible into for a man was. to shrink down to the size of an ant and, and harness not just the powers of the ant, but become a leader of all the different styles of ants, like a general of the ants, an summoning, ant. summoning an the ants ant. to do various tasks. Oh, man, that stuff was great. I love that stuff. <laughs> Imagine that. Like, that's so plausible. Like, we're doing this kind of stuff now. You know, the military are doing this kind of stuff right now. You know that, right? Mind control. and Anyway, we're not talking... Actually, we're not talking about Ant-Man. We're not even talking about Ant-Man. We're talking about... All I would say is it's got some great sight gags in it. We're talking about... Almost entirely to do with scale. So, that's... I would go and see it with just that anticipation. The Incredibles. The Incredibles 2, which I saw today. And... Before it had even started, I was already in a lather of excitement and anticipation. You hear this great, um, powerful 5-4 kind of Lalo Schifrin style thing with the bongos. You think, oh, yes, I'm in the right hands here. And it starts building and nothing's happened yet. And then you get into some of that Monty Norman. Are you going to go through the entire score? Yes, I am. The music is so exciting. And the design is wonderful. You may not know this. You may. The Incredibles are a family of superheroes in a world where superheroism is illegal. You're not allowed to be a superhero, right? And the first one is very funny because Mr. Incredible has to get a job in an office and he's massive and completely unsuited to it. In this film, there is... uh, a move by a, 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 a billionaire who is uh, very generous with his funds and loves superheroes and wants to get a whole campaign going to make superheroes uh, enjoyable and lovely to the people and for, to, to change the minds of the government, who, whoever has decided that superheroes are illegal. And in doing this, he's decided that the person that they're going to use is Elastigirl, who's actually not a girl, but a, a grown-up middle-aged lady who is the mother of the family of the Incredibles. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of excitement. Their house is like one of those great John Lautner-style modernist kind of like that. If you look up Bob Hope, Palm Springs, you know, you'll know what I'm talking If you've seen any James Bond film, you've seen the John Lautner bizarro space age mansions and it's just like that and it's full of jokes and excitement and fun and and I loved every single minute of it there was a great little short film called Bow beforehand which was charming and sentimental and 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 had a nice little twist at the end of it too so you don't want to miss that you don't want to miss it's great having short films before feature films I loved it when I was a kid pretty rare isn't it it's rare and this is an animated film as well but The Incredibles Pixar animated yeah Pixar animated yeah Incredibles 2 is equal to or better than Incredibles 1 I'm I'm sorry it takes such a long time to make these films the design is magnificent it's it's all as if the cars were designed by Ray Lowy and Harley Earl every car looks like a Studebaker Hawk or something or or, or a Cadillac it's all 50s like they went to Cuba and took 
took lots of photos and, you know, it's all 50s cars. It's, like, it's this bizarre, modernist, semi-art deco kind of world, but set now. But no one has mobile phones. It's just a, a bizarre mix. And, and there's a guy who's like a cross between Tommy Lee Jones and Philip Baker Hall, who's like their, their guy in the government who tries to help them, but inevitably fails because they are illegal superheroes. So... You know, the first one was 2004. Yeah. So you only have to wait until 2032. That's four, Incredibles 14 three. years. But man, such an enjoyable film. I, I don't see children's films as, as a rule. And I'm, I'm, this is definitely... <laughs> Apparently not as your is, child. This is definitely... Because <laughs> you go on your own. This is definitely a children's film, but fantastic. The last year, I saw Sean, I saw Sean the Sheep. Uh, when on it, your the, own? the movie. No, no, no. You no, actually no, no. took a child to that yes, one. Yes, I did. Yeah. And that was great. I, mm. I, you know, I'm a fan of their stuff, yeah, yeah. the Ardman people. So there, there was no surprise that that would be great. But mm. man, The Incredibles, so exciting. If you haven't seen it, it's been out, out for a while and it's still out. So you can, you can go and see it. If you like design, if you like fun, if you like violence, if you like music, art, if you like modernism, that's a good film for you to go and see. It's time. To make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes. And Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? <clears throat> so, Andrew, oh, completely mm. different end of the spectrum yes. at the cinema. Well, we've come to the end of the podcast, so let's get to the end of the spectrum. The wife. Mm-hmm. Glenn Great Close. Place to end. Yes, Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Yes. And uh, it's a and Jonathan Price. Mm-hmm. Love him. Do you? Yes. yes. Oh, yes. Well, you're in for a treat, He's you know. Funny. Just a little aside here. Yeah. Melbourne Film Festival starts this week. It'll I be, know. Yeah, you I won't know. be going because I it's won't. all or nothing for you. Yep, that's but true, man. If you were true to go, true. Yeah. you could see Terry Gilliam's "The Man Who Killed Don Quixote." Yeah, I know about this film. Yeah, yeah I could yeah. see that. Yeah. Mm. In which Jonathan Price plays I Don know Quixote. He does. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, in this film he does not play Don Quixote. Okay, you'll be glad. Is to that know. a good thing? Yeah, well, it would be rather odd if he did. <laughs> <laughs> he plays a uh, a novelist who D'Artagnan, who sort of antes, who has just he, the film opens with uh, him and his wife Glenn Close in bed and eagerly anticipating the possibility of a phone call from the Nobel Prize Committee to say that he's won the prize for literature. Okay. It duly comes. Hello. Am I speaking to Mr. Gosselman? I'd like my wife to get on the extension. Hello, I'm on. It is my great honour to tell you, Mr. Gosselman, that you have been chosen to receive the Nobel Prize in literature. Tell me this isn't some great big fat joke. It's all real, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Breathe. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And there is a scene of ecstatic jubilation. The two of them bouncing up and down on the bed. Him saying, I've won the Nobel Prize. I won the Nobel Prize. Mm. There are basically two time zones in this film. And the flashback takes us back to uh, 1960s uh, in Connecticut studying. And he and his wife... Working together and 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 uh, you should see this guy. And see his there's, arms. There's, jumping there's a up jumping and down, up and like down a little boy scene. sitting on a trampoline. There's a jumping up and down scene <laughs> yeah. that comes to have great sort of resonance mm-hmm. in relation to that early one. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a mystery story, right? Mm. 
in which the question is, and the question is posed by Christian Slater as a as a a would be biographer slash journalist who's following them on their trip to Stockholm to receive uh, the prize, and the question is posed by him: Is this man really the author of his novels, or is the wife actually the author How of the interesting, novels? And people it have is, said that about Patrick O'Brien, right? That his wife Mary contributed far more than just a, a scan for spelling errors, yeah. and um, and this is not the first time, is it, that a spouse has been? And I think uh, it's a, it's a, some science fiction guy like David Eddings or Stephen Donaldson, subsequent to his death, the books were being reprinted as so-and-so and so-and-so and yeah, so, right, so okay. the, the wife gets the, the author's credit it's this is a fascinating topic it is a, it's a great topic and yeah. i'm sure that well uh, to me I'm, it's fascinating no, i'm not sure no 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 it is it is and i'm sure there are many other instances in which uh you know the the relationship has been more than a uh you know can you read this before i send it off to my publisher? exactly exactly uh, yeah and because i mean you, th- you think about it how how literary couples come together though it would be not uncommon, I think, for mm. them to come from a shared love of writing, mm-hmm. possibly from, you know, they meet at college or whatever it might be or, that you know, they move in those circles. It's it's not as if one of them does this thing and the other one is a plumber or, a, or a, you know, a, a vet necessarily. You know, I mean, that, that, that will happen as well. That will happen as well. I'm Rachel Cusk's first husband <laughs> didn't say that. But, um, but you know what I mean? It's yes. not going to be uncommon for them yes. to, to sort of have more than just a passing shared interest, but a very deep shared interest and possibly similar skill levels and maybe there you know there are political reasons i mean this film certainly explores the notion that it would be uh, much harder for a woman to make it certainly from the 1950s 1960s as a published Mm. author than for a man to do so and that's that's really what the space it's in you find out in i'm not going to ask you what the the answer to this, like, if, if it's true, but do you find out in this film whether the book was written solely by the male author or whether it was written by the female or by both? Or is, is, that, is that question answered? Uh, yes, I think it's fair to say it's answered. It's not answered in a in a completely simple yes, no, no, no of kind of not. way. Because yep. um, it wouldn't be artistic then, would it? It wouldn't be artistic then. But it is, it is a really, really... Uh, interesting film with really great performances and Glenn Close who is very difficult to watch I know it's very hard (laughs) you don't feel about Glenn Close the way you do about Susie Porter I take it absolutely not (laughs) nor do I feel that way about her the way I feel about my favourite actresses Patricia Clarkson and and Melissa Leo well uh, Patricia Clarkson I must say if you if you get the chance to watch Sharp Objects Mm. whatever you feel about Patricia Clarkson might be challenged I would say she's not very good in it is that what you're saying she's great in it well yeah she's scary as all hell oh that's that's fine man that's that's okay Okay. Melissa Leo is in a film that I wouldn't even see but I'm going to go and see called The Equalizer 2 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is definitely going to be the equal of the Equalizer 1 because it's the Equalizer. <laughs> so, okay, you reckon, you're recommending. I definitely recommend this. Yeah. It's called The Wife or the, the Wife? The Wife. The Wife, yeah. It's very interesting title. I don't mean that facetiously at all. It's very interesting that you would call this film The Wife. I think it's quite deliberate to I'm use sure. it in yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. Because you know how way, a lot of English people role, talk about their wife, the wife. say, oh, I've got to get home to the wife. Yeah, I've yeah. heard English men say that a lot, and it's it's not a nice thing to say at all, mm. Mm. especially if it's not your wife. Mm. 
it's uh, it it is a very very conscious, I think, of all the connotations of good. of good. Uh, that sounds exciting. If they make another one of it, the wife with a, too, with a different wife, the wife too. Um, I may even go and see it. <laughs> I mean, a different actress, of course. You know, the Glenn Close thing, I mean... You know, Albert Nobbs? I've just got two words for you. Albert Nobbs. <laughs> Albert Nobbs. Albert Nobbs. Albert Nobbs. All right, just stop now. Okay. The, the, I've heard he does as well, but it's irrelevant to this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> That's <is> so lame. <laughs> I, I had a friend years ago. I had a friend years ago. So sure he did. Totally, who totally had a thing for Glenn Close, mm. and it was it was based entirely mm. on her performance in Basic Instinct, which I never saw. Is that well? What's that? Is that the one where she's a crazy? Yes, the bu- oh, the that, bunny boiler yeah. thing. But all I can say is anybody, I know, I anybody who, that who has nothing against her who has a mm. thing mm. for Glenn Close mm. based on that role. Mm. Clearly it's, has issues. I think he's very centered. He's a very centered <laughs> man who doesn't buy into the whole patriarchy. I think it's a. I think that shows that that your friend is far more evolved and, and, so. and, and developed as well, a maybe man. He just didn't like rabbits. Yeah, well, yes, there is that. Anyway, that's the wife, and that's one I would heartily recommend. And that's it for the clappers. I hope you can fit all this stuff in for the next week. Get it all done, and let us know what you think. <laughs> <laughs>